Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This week, the World Cricket Show is brought to you by Amazon. You know how you do all your shopping on amazon.co.uk? Well, don't. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> This is a strange way to kick off an advert for Amazon, I suppose. But yeah, don't go to Amazon.co.uk anymore. Instead, Tone, go to cricketshow.net and follow the link there to Amazon. Why? <laughs> I'm glad you're here to ask those sorts of questions. Uh, because then if listeners follow that link, anything that they buy on Amazon, the World Cricket Show gets a little bit of a kickback. And why is that good for me, the listener? You don't have to pay any more. Uh, than you normally would on Amazon, but you get to support your favourite podcast. Can I save the link as well? Great question, Tone. I'm really glad you came along. You can save the link. If you follow the link, then just bookmark it or add it to your favourites or whatever you do on your on your browser. And then anytime you click that bookmark, all, all the shopping that you do uh, will help to support the World Cricket Show. Does it work in the app? I do all my shopping in the app now. It doesn't work in the app, <laughs> so don't do it in the app anymore. Right. Uh, might not work then. <laughs> That's a great idea. I'm going to do that now. Amazon. No, don't go to Amazon. Oh, no, sorry. Bloody hell, cricketshow.net. Cricketshow.net. Uh, I forgot it already. Follow the link. I am useless. Uh, Christmas is coming up, Tone. I walked past a, a shop today that had its Christmas decorations out. Earlier and earlier every year, am I right? Uh, so, you know, when people are doing their Christmas shopping, do it through this link and you'll help to support the World Cricket Show in the process. Especially if you're buying your big ticket items, you know. You're kind of if you're going to be dropping ten G's on something, do it through the Amazon link that we've got on our website. If you're in the market for some very expensive jewellery, <laughs> uh, Amazon does great jewellery. Perhaps a private jet, uh, then yeah, definitely do it through this link. It is only in the UK at the moment that you can do this, uh, or, or on the UK Amazon store. We're looking into setting it up on the US store as well, but at the current time, it's just in the UK. Should we do a pick of the week as well? Should we do an Amazon pick of the week? My pick of the week this week is Fire in Babylon, the DVD about West Indies cricket, which is great. It's a really, really entertaining It's about four film. years old. It is old, but you Go can on, still buy it. New. You Give can buy it on Amazon, but it's relevant to what we're going to be talking about on this week's World Cricket Show. My pick of the week, I, haven't got any, I didn't know we were doing this, <laughs> is the Kindle Fire Note, the Amazon Fire TV. Tiny box, hugely entertaining, according to the thing on the homepage of Amazon. And how much does it cost? And it's shipping now. Only £79. Oh, OK. I thought. Uh, and you get your iPlayer on there, your Sky News, uh, your Netflix. I was hoping you were going to be coming in with something like five, £600. <laughs> yeah, actually, but... let's go a bit higher on that. <laughs> so anyway, all your shopping, you can now do it on cricketshow.net and follow the link to Amazon. What's that web address again, Tone? Oh, cricketshow.net. That's correct. Say, not the best thing about it as well is that you can support the World Cricket Show uh, without having to buy one of those T-shirts and wear it out <laughs> about and people think you're lame. People think you're really cool because your mailbox is full of Amazon parcels. One of those dumb T-shirts. <laughs> We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time.
Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show. I, of course, am Tony Kerr, and with me as always is probably my biggest hero. It's the living legend that is Adam Bayfield. What? I've been wanting to do a concept episode for a while, Tone, uh, and I thought tonight could be the night. You know, it's a bit of a bit of a body swap comedy, it's a bit of a Freaky Friday ripoff. Oh, that's good. I get it now. <laughs> you well? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right, Tone. Uh, t- I mean, to be honest with you, I'm done. I'm out of ideas. I've got no ideas for this week. You know, I've got nothing. Right, let's go to Crick Info then. So, uh, so what do you got for me tonight? Well, I was watching a video on Craig Info before of George DeBell. Right. You know him. I've only ever read his, like, read yeah, his stuff. I've yeah. never kind of seen him. I've never watched the videos on Crick Info, actually, until today. One, yeah, they're, you know, they're interestingly produced. It's quite nice stuff. George DeBell reminds you of someone doing an impression of someone, though. I don't <laughs> know who he's doing an impression of. Uh, it's quite weird. He comes out with some good stuff. Yeah, he's a good, he's a good, good writer. He's a, yeah, he's very good. This is just us <laughs> talking up other things. Yeah. Go and listen to Switch. I mean, Switch he's good, it. but he's not us. That's right. <laughs> uh, no, I've, I've, I'm serious now. I've got absolutely nothing. I'm creatively spent. Nothing for the intro. I suppose, I suppose we knew this would happen eventually, didn't we? We've just got this new deal with Amazon. They'll be thrilled. Uh, <laughs> there's absolutely nothing this week. I mean, I suppose, um, I suppose this is probably going to have to be the Halloween special. Halloween's almost upon us once again. So, I mean, what have we got lined up for this Halloween special? Uh... I mean, it could be a bit of a horror show, yeah. given how alarmingly ill-planned it's been so far. Uh, but it'll still be spooktacular, though, right? Uh, I, I, Halloween gets more worse every year, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> it's just getting so? more worse all the time. That's just annoying. But you buy into Halloween. You always, Not really. You always do a costume, don't Not you? Not really. I've already, I've already scheduled a, a, a cracking spooky tweet for the 31st, <laughs> so look out for that one. That's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> you sat down with your writing staff over the weekend. Yeah, didn't well, you? that's video actually. Video. That was a video. Yeah. Wow. So that's going to that's going to hit people pretty hard on uh, on Halloween. At Tony Cover. At Tony Cover. Just got it. I'm, I'm gathering momentum on Twitter now. Uh, I'm steaming up towards 600 tweets. <laughs> just been prolific now. Uh, you don't just look like Stephen Fry. You tweet like him as well. Have you have you sorted out a costume? No. For this year. No. I mean, I'm getting the sense that you don't want to do much about Halloween on the show this week. Is that, <laughs> am I misreading you? Picking up the... Yeah, you've got your Ouija board out. <laughs> uh, we could do something, yeah, really weird and distasteful, like try and Ouija board some late creator. WG Grace. Well, how about I just tell you what's coming up on the yeah. show tonight instead? Because it's back tone. World Cup Watch is back. It's our screamingly popular new item where we look ahead to the World Cup. Well, I was really looking forward to reflecting on, talking about, getting excited over the Pakistan-Australia one-day series, uh, but it's, I've been gazumped because something bigger's come along. <laughs> well, we're going to be talking about uh, the crisis in West Indies cricket in, in some depth today, so I think we're going to have to postpone that Pakistan-Australia chat. You texted me today and said, what's the agenda? And I said, we're going to talk about West Indies. <laughs> and you said, what about that Pakistan-Australia series that's, you know, that, that I've been assigned to? I was like, no time, mate. You've been bumped, I'm afraid. Didn't make the cut. <laughs> Left on the cutting room floor. Sad. Well, because there is going to have to be time for the side notes, because I've got a tasty little side note for you uh, towards the end of the episode as well. Okay. Uh, and when you hear what that side note is, you'll understand why I've used the word tasty. And at that moment, you'll realise what a, what a brilliant and hilarious broadcaster I am. What a, what a magnificent wordsmith 
I am. Okay, looking forward to that. I'm going to insist on it being the Halloween special, though, Tane, and I'm, I'm going to mark it with a Halloween joke to kick things off, okay? Don't be offended if I don't laugh. Well, I will be, uh, because it's, it's brilliant. Who did Frankenstein take to the dance? Nobody. His ghoul friend. Because, well, I don't think you should play this thing there. <laughs> so bad. Uh, uh, you should definitely play the interstitial or whatever they call it on. Diddling. Yeah, there. Where, just as you say, ghoul friend. <laughs> just to, just to emphasise how quickly we need to move on from that. Uh, I think I'm going to play it now. Or now. World Cup Watch. Here we go again, Tone. Back by overwhelming popular demand, by which I mean five people took the time to like a Facebook post about it and four of them weren't me. It's World Cup Watch, our terrifyingly popular item on which we track the fortunes of all the teams around the world as we look ahead to the World Cup, which kicks off in just a few months' time. I'm thinking we should have a theme tune for this, Tone. We should have a theme tune for this item. What is it? I don't know, I mean, maybe we could... Maybe we could record a, an impromptu one now. Come on, let's go. It's World Cup Watch <laughs> with Adam and Tony. What do you mean smoking? <laughs> Amazon are going to be bloody loving this. Genuinely worried. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Bezos will just be... Just... I mean, he'll probably be on a holiday somewhere, reading his Kindle, ear, earphones in. <laughs> <laughs> just listening to this. It's just on drinking the beach a pina colada somewhere, just spits it out. Get me Bayfield on the phone. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, yes, World Cup watch. Anyway, well, there's been one story dominating the headlines around the cricketing world this week, and that is what's been going on with the West Indies. Uh, there's a question mark, Tone, over whether they'll even be participating at the World Cup. Indeed, there might even be a question mark over their whole future in the sport because they pulled out of their tour of India this week immediately following the fourth ODI in Dharamsala walking away from another ODI three tests and a 2020 um, it was the players who decided to uh, pull out due to an ongoing dispute with the West Indies cricket board over their pay structure the exact grievances are a little bit complicated time but basically uh, if I, I'll try and explain this in layman's terms. I'll, I'll try and explain this as I was explaining it to a moron, since you're sitting across from me there, which is why I've brought these puppets. Uh, basically, the players are represented by WIPA, Wiper, or Whipper, I'm not quite sure. I prefer Wiper. They're represented by them. That's the West Indies Players Association. Now, currently, they are headed up by Wavell Hines, uh, the former test opener. Now, Wiper and the board were negotiating new pay conditions for the players uh, which included a substantial reduction in match fees for players that were in the squad but not in the team for that match now the players weren't happy about that and they felt that wiper had let them down had failed to represent them properly uh, they asked the board to stop dealing with wiper and to deal directly with them instead and demanded that wavell hines step down he refused to go and the board insisted that they would only deal with Wiper, presumably because Wiper were agreeing to their terms and the players weren't going to. So this just kind of escalated and the players, both parties got more and more entrenched, the players got more and more angry. Uh, and eventually, Dwayne Bravo, the ODI captain, uh, led his team away from India. Now, the BCCI are furious about this, predictably furious, 
And understandably so. I mean, abandoning a tour halfway through is is pretty shocking. It's it's pretty unprecedented, actually. Now, the BCCI have, ha- have roped in Sri Lanka to play five ODIs instead, uh, but they still seem to be keen to enact some retribution on the West Indies. They've suspended all bilateral tours between the two countries, including um, their tour to the West Indies, which is coming up next year. And they're starting legal proceedings as well. They could be looking to sue for up to $60 million, uh, which is not a sum of money that the WICB would be able to pay. In fact, I don't think there is a sum of money that the WICB would be able to pay because they're massively in debt already. So that's pretty much the situation tone i mean what what's Nicely what's your what's your take on it it's, it's a right old mess isn't bungling it? disaster isn't it yeah again <laughs> hashtag bungling disaster did <laughs> you understand you it i mean i used the puppets sparingly in that because it looked like you were getting it but i got some of the detail from what yeah from what you're kind of spouting on about ranting it was more of a rant again wasn't it for me <laughs> uh i mean obviously it's really sad it's stupid it's i mean at this point and you know cricket's special uh, but the one thing that's not special about cricket is uh, the incompetence of boards, governing bodies. Because, I mean, it seems like I'd like actually people's nominations for a governing body or national board of any sport in any country that's good. So if you could kind of let me know. Well, I mean... Because I don't think one exists. And, you know, you, you could talk about any sport. But, I mean, cricket is up there. It would be near the top in I terms think, of the ICC yeah. are scurrilous. And then the boards, you know, the West Indies board... When was the last thing they got? When was the last time they got anything right? Yeah, true. Quite frankly, but none of the but there is no board I mean, in cricket <laughs> that hasn't got massive problems one way or another. St- I actually don't understand it. It's flabbergasting. I mean, I, it no might just be because cricket can run the game at all. We might be blind to some things. Some things that go on in other sports, like you know, I don't know one way or the other whether the, you know the the international netball federation is you know that might be quite well run. But I guess in the major sports where there is so much money, you know, sloshing around, that's when things get very complicated and, you know, arguably very corrupt and certainly um, where all these these major problems come in. And, yeah, definitely in football, you know, FIFA, UEFA, most national federations are all scandalously ill-run or, or corrupt or both. Uh, and, yeah, in cricket, it's it's at least as bad, I would say. I mean, it, it, it just, it's very sad. It actually makes me very sad, regardless of who's to blame in all this. It's very, very sad. And we talked last week about Peterson's book, and you made the point that cricket as a whole is on quite thin ice, that no one seems to be looking out for its interests, you know, with all the boards and the players seem to be out for themselves. And this is just another example. And, you know, this one is, is vastly more troubling to me than, than even that well, this, Peterson I mean, situation. And it, it makes me genuinely quite concerned about the future of cricket, which is this this kind of glorious sport that is the great love of my life. I should probably remind my, make sure my girlfriend doesn't listen to this week's episode. You know, it is in a dangerous place at the moment, and and that's worrying and sad. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it put well. West Indies cricket is on the precipice now, isn't it? As you said, the sixty-five million pound figure dollars, but yeah, get the it right, so get your facts right. U- monetary unit figure uh, dwarfs. Puppet shaped like a dollar sign. <laughs> We're supposed to make that clear. But I mean, that, that eclipses the amount of money the West Indies might, if they're lucky enough now to play in the World Cup next year, get paid from the World Cup. Uh, so I mean, they're, they're, yeah, they're, they could get chucked out. You know, what I mean, what are some of the consequences? You've you've been reading up on this. You've been studying the ICC's laws. Well, I mean, they're, they're, they could, they're going to be fined heavily, presumably. You know, outside of their control and the ICC's control, you know, the Indians 
are going to be getting some money out of them some, one way or the other. Yeah, they could be suspended. They could be chucked out. Well, well, even if um, the BCCI don't sue and, and don't exact any compensation from them, you know, if they if they don't go to Western East next year, if they do carry out this this suspension of bilateral tours, that's going to be almost as damaging financially because yeah, although they're not directly taking money away from them. By not going, you know, West Indies cricket is more or less sustained financially as, you know, as most cricket boards in the smaller cricket nations are sustained financially by Indian TV money. And if they don't go, that's going to be, you know, we're talking maybe 30 million plus dollars that they won't be getting if India don't go. So, yeah, it's it's an absolute calamity. And it, as you say, it, it is on the brink, West Indies cricket, um, because... It's even worse that it would happen in the West Indies than if it happened in any other country because you know because West Indies isn't a country, is it? It's this it's this conglomeration of constituent countries. And there has been a shadow looming for some time, which is the possibility that the West Indies could fragment and Jamaica and Barbados and Trinidad and Tobago could all go it alone. And that would just be, you know, that's that's suicide for them in terms of hoping to compete on the global level. I mean, India aren't going to tour Barbados to play test matches, are they? You know, while to some extent you can understand the impulse for those islands to do it, they need to stay together to survive. And, you know, this sort of thing just brings that uh, worrying possibility a little bit closer, I suppose. And, I mean, West Indies, to to a large extent, Tone, or at least to a large extent in my mind, West Indies is the heart and soul of cricket. Like, in some respects, cricket is West Indies cricket. It's kind of stumps on the beach... You know, just Barbados uh, and Jamaica kind of churning out fast bowlers. I mean, that might not be the situation anymore, but that's that's the the folklore of the game, isn't it? And the idea that they could break apart and not be and uh, you know in international cricket anymore is devastating. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, some people have said, yeah, you know, some, I've read some comments along the lines of, you know, yeah, it is sad, but it's no, you know, teams and nations have declined. Uh, in a more immeasurable and kind of rapid way in the past, I guess you're gonna to have to go back decades and decades to find that. But yeah, I mean, so like it's for me, I'm, I'm in complete agreement. You know, the West Indies is the kind of romantic heart of cricket. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, and cricket needs needs them. Without them, cricket is a much less interesting, much less romantic sport, and it does make you worry even more about the future of the game. And to be honest, that makes me worried for the future of the World Cricket Show, Tone. And, you know, we've, <laughs> we've just got this Amazon deal. Uh, can you believe the timing? <laughs> um, what this also kind of exposes is, is you know, if you go higher than kind of the boards, we, yeah, we do like to bash the ICC on this. And, yeah, and that feeds into the fact that the ICC doesn't appear to have anybody, there's no real public face of the ICC, who is actually seems to have any admiration or, or love for the game. I, I really don't, you never hear the ICC say anything or do anything uh, apart from when they seem to get gather for their, their you know their yearly meeting where some bunkers rule comes out it, it, i just find it quite bizarre i mean you know we we talked about fifa before you know set blatter is an idiot is a bumbling idiot but at least you've got somewhere you've got someone to uh, you know direct your hatred direct at you but i don't know yeah. who to hate at the icc <laughs> it's just the icc at this stage yeah they do need a kind of <laughs> they need a bumbling idiot in charge <laughs> A corrupt idiot. You would say they need a gob on a stick. <laughs> they need a they need a puppet, don't they? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll do that job if they want. <laughs> you know, I I've not got huge salary demands. <laughs> uh, you know, if you can match the Amazon deal, <laughs> which I'm sure they can, you know, get in touch. 
I'll happily be the most hated man in world <laughs> cricket for a slice of the pie. Yeah, I mean, these things are more complicated than perhaps we, the cricket public, always appreciate in that any kind of political environment is going to inevitably be a challenging one to to deal with. I mean, there's so many different people coming from so many different places with so many different interests. And it's all well and good to say, well, you just have to have the the interests of cricket in mind. But there are so many different factors. And inevitably, when when this much money is involved, it is going to change the the landscape of what of what they're dealing with. So it is complicated, but it's undeniably true that the ICC and all the cricket boards are failing to do their first job, which is to, you know, act in. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. At least, to some extent, the interests of the sport. No, they're failing miserably. I mean, you say it's complicated, and I'm sure it is in parts, but it, on the surface, it doesn't seem that complicated there aren't that many teams. There aren't that many nations to manage. It really... It's not like the bloody UN, is it, where you've got a couple of hundred, whatever, or however many members. You know, there's, there's basically 10 members of the ICC, if that. You know, on a good day, there are 10 members. <laughs> uh, they can't manage that. And they can't manage the, the kind of 20 or 30 others uh, kind of outside that initial party who, who want to get involved. They can't, even, they can't even manage the queue. You know, it's they're bloody useless. Well, I, I'm not. I'm not going to disagree I mean, we, with you. We, we should. I mean, we could be probably be more specific about this dispute. Absolutely, and I mean, it's tough to say who's to blame for this. I mean, a lot of people are blaming the players for walking out mid tour, and I can understand that. I can also understand why the players did it, or at least I can understand why they're frustrated. The temptation is to say, "Oh, it's always about money." Why is it always about money? But it doesn't seem like the problem was that they were demanding more money. It's that they were being told that they were just going to get less. It was just being imposed on them and they didn't feel they were that they were being listened to when they were objecting. They weren't happy about that. And I suppose a lot of people would say, well, withdrawing your labour in that sort of situation is acceptable. Maybe they could have waited until the tour was over or perhaps before the tour threatened to not go on the tour and that might have you know, brought people to the table quicker. But as far as I understand it, they weren't actually told about this situation until they were already in, in India. Yes, they could have waited till the end of the tour, but there's always another tour, isn't there? This is the thing about cricket is that there's, there's always another fixture in a couple of weeks' time. So, yeah, I can sort of understand where they were coming from. But that said, you do wonder whether they quite appreciated what a serious step it was they were taking. While I understand why they were frustrated and therefore what led them to take this course of action, it is a course of action that is genuinely jeopardising the whole structure, the whole future of their 
sport in you know in their country or in their countries and that's not something that they should do lightly and i'm sure they didn't take the decision lightly but perhaps they didn't quite grasp the decision that they were taking but to me it does seem like the board are more to blame um, and it does seem peculiar that they allowed themselves to get into this situation because whatever amount of money that they were hoping to save by paying the handful of squad players less per match is obviously massively outweighed by the amount of money they're going to pay to India either directly or indirectly. And the players definitely threatened to walk away from the tour several times before they actually did. So I wonder whether they, they the board just didn't think that the players were serious. So perhaps both parties just haven't quite grasped the situation. Well, it was very peculiar, wasn't it? I mean, the, the immediate kind of aftermath of it, it was, there was a lot of confusion. Uh, you know, I think it was first reported that the players had pulled out. Then there was a statement from the West Indies board saying, no, that's not the case. And the next day I was like, oh, yeah, it is the case. Well, it's just given them a, a huge problem now because they've got a massive problem, which is that India might not tour there. So that's going to cripple them financially. But also all the other teams are going to be seriously questioning at the moment, whether they want to play West Indies. So another extremely lucrative tour is England going to the West Indies. They're exploring options to um, play someone else instead. So if England don't go, you know, that's... That's, that's their most lucrative tour. They... Well, not in terms of TV money, but in terms yeah. of, you know, the economies of the islands, you know, in terms of hotels and all this sort of stuff. I mean, that's, that's just... That would be a devastating blow to lose the England tour. And so this is why, you know, why it genuinely is an existential threat to West Indies cricket. And it's also a threat, you know, a wider threat to a lot of people's livelihoods. So this is what I mean when I say that the players perhaps didn't quite grasp the gravity of their decision. I mean, what do you make of the BCCI's handling of what happened? I mean, I'm, people seem to be quite divided over this. I mean, they've suspended their tours. They're talking about enormous sums of compensation. I mean, are, are they within their rights to do that, do you think, uh, What's your view? It's hard to say. I mean, clearly, you know, clearly Indian cricket is quite money-focused, uh, as most of cricket is now, it would seem. Uh, but, well, yeah, I mean, I guess they, they, they'll deal what their, their lawyers advise them in this stage. Sure. And, you know, a lot of people are... Some people are trying to deflect attention away from the West Indies, um, both the board and the players, and kind of painting the... BCCI is the bad guys in this situation because they're looking for so much money. And it does seem a touch unfair to characterise them as the bad guys because the you know the collapse of the tour had absolutely nothing to do with them. Um, and I think at one point, you know, a BCCI official actually went to the West Indies players and managed to persuade them to stay on for another game. So they actually did try to save the tour and it's not their fault that it eventually fell apart. And possibly one of the reasons why the West Indies board didn't act sooner is that they just kind of tacitly assumed that the BCCI would cough up some money to keep the West Indies players out there. And that's, to say the least, presumptuous. So, so you've got to understand where the BCCI are coming from here. But that being said, I do think that they have a responsibility to act responsibly because, you know, the, the whole reorganisation of the ICC earlier this year, you know, the establishment of the big three, making sure that India, England and Australia get a bigger slice of the pie, get more of the money. Now, they sold that idea to the rest of the world on the basis that they would be acting in the interests of the rest of the world, not just out of self-interest. So the BCCI need to step up and prove that. They need to quite literally put their money where their mouth is because, yes, it's not their fault and it's not fair if they lose all this money. I mean, they're not going to lose 
all of that money because Sri Lanka are coming, but they are losing quite a few match days, even with Sri Lanka coming. So, yeah, they are going to be losing quite a bit of money, and that's not fair. And it, you know, $60 million, if that is what it is, is an enormous sum of money to have to eat, you know, perhaps even for the BCCI. But it's not a fatal blow to the BCCI to lose that amount of money, whereas to the WACB, it is. You know, that, that's, that, is, a, that is a fatal blow to them and to cricket in the Caribbean. So, so, yeah, so I think the BCCI does have a responsibility to refrain from doing that because even if you think that's the right thing to do, that's the fair thing to do, that's our money, we're owed that money, if you're going to destroy West Indies cricket by taking it, then they do have a responsibility to not do that. And this is not just about the BCCI. If the same thing had happened in England or Australia, then their boards would have the same responsibility, I think. Who knows what they'll do in the end? I mean, then they've not said definitively that they are going to go after that compensation, but they are, you know, as it stands, they're not going to the West Indies next year. It couldn't really be more serious for the West Indies, this situation. It's finely balanced. What does that mean? It's finely balanced, and it? it hangs in the balance. Oh, I see. Yeah, that, that, I think they mean quite the same thing. Yeah. Just say it's it hangs in the balance. It hangs in the balance, that's, I guess. That's better, too. Yeah, it hangs in the balance. I mean, would it be a stretch to call this item World Cup Watch, do you think? That's what we've called it, but... Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just a couple of other things to come out for it. You know, not the, the prospect of a, another India-Sri Lanka ODI series not particularly thrilling. No. Uh, you know, you're gonna, you can imagine that's going to be pretty flat. I think they've just... The BCCI have just got Sri Lanka cricket on speed dial because it's, <laughs> it seemed like, the, you know, the Westerners pulled out and 10 minutes later they'd arranged five ODIs yeah. against Sri Lanka. It's quite impressive, really, the speed with which they did yeah. that. Yeah. I like to think that maybe, you know, Dilshan and Malinga and everyone are just kind of sat with their kit on, just waiting for just the call. on a plane, on the tarmac <laughs> in Colombo. Just, just constantly. <laughs> the side notes now, on which we discuss some of the more offbeat stories of the cricketing week. Uh, I've got a little side note here from the Mumbai Mirror. Denied home-cooked biryani, angry Dhoni leads CSK out of hotel. This is actually from a little while ago, Tony. It's from when the Champions League was going on. Hyderabadi biryani, they say, is to die for. India captain Mahendra Singh Dhoni sure believes it is good enough to pick a fight for. On Tuesday, Dhoni moved his entire Chennai Super Kings team out of a Hyderabad five-star hotel after the hotel prevented the squad from consuming some home-cooked biryani sent by Dhoni's one-day teammate Ambati Rayadu. Dhoni, whose team played Kolkata Knight Riders in the ongoing Champions League T20 on Wednesday, was so enraged by Hotel Grand Kakataya's refusal to let them enjoy the biryani that he made the team management cancel the booking and move the team and support staff to the rival Taj Krishna. The BCCI officials, who were also booked in the same hotel, followed Dhoni to Taj Krishna, and in a clear sign of Dhoni's clout, BCCI chief N. Srinivasan also cancelled his booking at Kakataya for Wednesday. While it could not be independently confirmed whether Taj eventually allowed Dhoni and his men their biryani feast, security experts pointed to the risk of moving an entire team to a new hotel in a matter of hours. An official, who did not wish to be identified, said, quote, Grand Kakataya had 180 rooms booked for team support staff and board officials. The local police had checked the hotel and sanitised it. It must have been a nightmare for them to make fresh security arrangements at the Taj. The hotel's general manager, George Fergese, refused to comment on the incident. Quote, we're a five-star deluxe facility and there are five other such hotels in the city. One is free to pick one's place of stay. When specifically asked if outside food was the trigger for the move, Vergezi remained non-committal. 
Well. What do you make of that, Tane? I'll tell you one thing. I could murder a biryani right now. I'm pretty peckish. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'm not going to let you eat it in here, mate. So <laughs> go sling your in some other studio. Yeah, well... If I'm, that's true, he's a bit of a prat, isn't he, don't he? A peek behind, you know, the tour bus... Of the Indian Creek. 180 rooms. <laughs> yeah, 180 rooms. And as, as they say, the security arrangements, that presumably everything's been planned a long time in advance. And Tony's like, no, 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 we're going to have to move. We're going to have to move, lads, so they won't let us have the biryani. <laughs> he, says, is, he is a prat, actually, It says Tony. in the article, it says that the, the hotel was happy to relax the rules to let them have it in their rooms. But Tony was like, no, it has to be in the boardroom. <laughs> and they refused that, so he... You know, up sticks and move down the road. It's putting me right off cricket. This. <laughs> I mean, we talked what about Peterson last week. What I mean, we people having a go at Peterson for being, you know, being arrogant, being self-centered. I mean, that's that's pretty unbelievable. Don't, I mean, well, Donny's fast becoming a joke, isn't he? Really, on and off the pitch. <laughs> the world's gone mad. The world has actually gone mad. I think someone tweeted a while ago. Can I pick a different sport? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm telling you, mate, Amazon are not going to be happy. <laughs> with it's a really down up. start for Amazon. Nah, the, 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 the world's gone mad. The world's obsession, people's obsession with five star is troubles me. Do you know what I mean? I like this pursuit of six star and like just ridiculous. Uh, there's going to be a revolution. I don't mean to get all like, you know, all political. I don't mean to get all there's Russell Brand. There's going to be a revolution. <laughs> there is. It's a nonsense. Like you want, like so. To look at the Apprentice, which started a couple of weeks ago. You've been watching that, haven't you? The Apprentice. Sure have, yeah. They're obsessed. If I hear the expression "luxury goods" <laughs> one more time, no, I'm actually going to throw a brick at my end. TV. Oh, this is high end. It just literally suck. I don't know. It <laughs> sucks something. All of this material, by the way, is recycled from Tony's stand-up set, which you can find. <laughs> yeah. you, I was, like, you can... gigging around at, like, <laughs> four in the morning. You can find it at a local two-star hotel near <laughs> you because he refuses to play the five-star. This week's Apprentice, there was a brilliant bit where the Geordie lass that was project manager for uh, one of the teams just kind of, like, sat down and just basically explained business to the camera where she was like, what we're going to do... I went to the accent. So we're going to take these... They were trying to sell candles. She's like, what we're going to do... It was we're going to get the cheapest ingredients we possibly can. Then we're going to sell them for as much money as we can. And we're going to make the big margin. And that's how we're going to make our money. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, right. Because I've been trying to get the most expensive ingredients. And <laughs> yeah. Selling it low end. Just downsell them. Uh, I don't know. No, I just, uh, just in a philosophical mood, I think. <laughs> like, you, know, you seem you know, angry. Guess what, mate? Yeah, you know, some things that are really cheap are the best thing. Some things that are really expensive are also the best thing. But oh my god, it just if I luxury goods do my nut. Uh, yeah, I saw someone tweeted this week that uh, uh, you know this is in the midst of the, uh, of the the midst of cricket falling apart. You know the cricket apocalypse. Yeah, uh, ICC announced that Wolf Blast would be there. Uh, like the, the, what's it? Their, their wine? Well, I can't even. Hang on, Official wine partner. Yeah, something like that. It's like, oh, it's good to know. At least, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, th- thanks, ICC. You know, it's luxury wines at the uh, at the World Cup, which people can drink when they've paid their you know, eighty dollar, ninety dollar like sit tickets. <laughs> ninety dollar sit price. Just uh, <laughs> you couldn't even remember the word ticket. You were so angry. <laughs> Reading this article, whenever anyone says the word boardroom, I just immediately think of The Apprentice. <laughs> so let's just imagine 
imagining Donny stuffing his face with biryani while Alan Sugar's going, this is a bloody disgrace. <laughs> Shut up. It's a bloody disgrace. Much like our team's performance at the pub quiz this week, this episode of the World Cricket Show has been absolutely rubbish. Uh, so I'd say it's well past time to bring it to an end. Particularly bad in the music round again. Oh, for goodness sake. I, I'm dubious about the team that keeps winning it. I mean, we came third this week. But it's the same team wins every time. And this week, they, they beat us by, like, 20 points. Like, and the quiz is out of 80. And everyone else is in that kind of similar bracket, maybe kind of 10 points separating all the teams, and then 20 points to the next group. And they just look like a bunch of Muppets. I'm a bit dubious that they might not be Googling everything. They've got Shazam out for <laughs> yeah, the Yeah, I wouldn't run. be surprised. I am making that accusation right now. <laughs> it was a weird quiz this week as well. I should say for new listeners that we, that we do a pub quiz every week, don't we? Uh, and listeners love it when we talk about it. Uh, it was a bit of a weird quiz this week. Round one was the year 2000. It was just news events from the year 2000. But not, like, fun things. It was like, you know... Murdered, like, what was the name of the murdered school child in yeah. the city in the States? Like, what was the name, you know, which city did this plane go down in? Yeah, honestly? Concord crashed, How, killing 158 yeah. souls. What was the death toll of this earthquake in this third world country? It's like, <laughs> God's sake. You said the last question should be, what's the combined death toll of all the previous <laughs> yeah. nine questions? It was just depressing. But, I mean, it was, yeah, it, it reached, you know, what then happened is that they gave the answers and they were like, question nine. Damalola Taylor and someone was like yes because it obviously oh. got it right and that's not a situation that should ever be allowed to happen really, is no it? distasteful yeah it was uh, yeah it was a, it was a weird one this week I, what I want is World Cricket Show les- listeners to suggest team names for us yeah because we're struggling we are struggling and we have to come up with a new name every week and there's a prize for the best name we, I don't think we're even close anymore what did we go with this week I actually can't remember no, I can't remember Something boring. Oh, we, we, yeah, Trouble it was is, your idea. You no, went for it. it was my idea. In was just... second place, you went for. Mm. Uh, the whole thing's... Too... I wanted to go with, this is not a drill, please evacuate the pub. But you shot me down. I, the other two people on our team, I said it, they laughed. Then you came back with a drink and I said it, and you just looked at me and went, that's decent. Anything else? <laughs> I've just got high standards. You know, I'm just looking high for the end. best. High end. That's one of the luxury names. <laughs> It seems like the, the the team names that do win though, it's just the the more like obscene Yeah. The better. And it started off, you know, it was like a little bit raunchy, like something a bit suggestive one. And now it's just Yeah, well, you know, we've got no chance. I mean to win it I think we're gonna have to go with something like, you know, the f- or something. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. That might have to be it if we're gonna have any chance. Decent. Anyway, as I say, that's it for the World Cricket Show. It's probably, well, it's been a little bit shorter than normal. I've, I've, got, a long night of editing, I've got a long night of editing ahead of me uh, to get this online before I go tomorrow. I'm off to Paris for Have the a weekend. nice weekend. So, thank you very Enjoy. much. Enjoy. Bon vacances, as they say. Yeah. I, uh, I was saying to myself. Uh, yeah. Yeah, go and, get, go and buy me some luxury high-end goods, please. <laughs> uh, but we will be back soon. And in the meantime, if you enjoy the World Cricket Show, then you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash cricket show. Follow us on Twitter. The show account is at cricket show. I'm at Adam Bayford12 and Tony is at Tony Cover. That's T-O-N-Y-C-V-R-R. That's the must-follow account on Twitter at the moment. Stay tuned for his Halloween video. When did you make it? Did you make it last Halloween? Well, make is quite a strong word. November 1st. Make is quite a strong word. K. 
captured the moment. I'll just give you that one. Okay. It's creepy. You know, it's got a creepy. <laughs> I might preview it next week. Uh, well, you can follow me on Instagram if you like as well. Yes, it's Adam Bayfield. Send us an email, worldcreatorshow at gmail.com. And if you've got a spare couple of minutes this week, write a review for us on iTunes. We really appreciate all of those. And as we said at the top of the show, uh, if you're doing your shopping this week uh, on Amazon and you're in the UK, go to cricketshow.net and follow the link to Amazon from there. It doesn't cost you anything extra, uh, but we just get a little bit of a kickback. So it is a, it's a great way to support the show. Bookmark the link as well. Uh, and then anytime you're doing any shopping on Amazon in the future, uh, you'll be helping the World Cricket Show while you do it. You've climbed into bed with the devil. <laughs> well, we've got to keep the lights on somehow, Tane. Yeah, it's true. Uh, anyway, yeah, stay in school, everybody. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Look after yourselves. Bye-bye for now. He did the monster man. It was a graveyard smash. It caught on in a flash. He did the monster mash. From my laboratory in the castle east to the master bedroom where the vampires feast. The ghouls all came from their humble abodes to get a jolt from my electrodes. They did the monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. It caught on in a flash They did the monster mash The zombies were having fun The party had just begun The guests included Wolfman Dracula and his son The scene was rocking all the digging sounds He got on chains back by his baying hounds The coffin bangers were about to their vocal group, the Crypt Kicker 5. They played the monster match. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.